Hey, Big Easy Biography listeners. Designing and launching your website shouldn't be a difficult process. With hundreds of different tools and limitations, many web building sites can leave you feeling confused or discouraged. But now is the time to invest in something different for your restaurant, blog, your online store, or even portfolio, because Landing Lion offers a solution. Landing Lion combines the creativity and efficiency you want when designing a web page, making it easy to consolidate your workflow into one intuitive platform so that you can build journeys, not just websites. Crafting your unique website requires more than editing a basic template. Whether you're a beginner or experienced web designer, Landing Lion's intuitive yet powerful page builder helps you create exactly what you have in mind. Landing Lion is interactive start to finish, allowing you to test your design and understand how to best communicate with your visitors. And track anonymous visitors to find out what content is most helpful to your brand. Start your free trial with no time limit and no credit card required. Visit landinglion.com today to get started on building a journey for you or your client. Landing Lion. Craft. Launch. Discover. everyone. Today's episode is a fun one. I think it's pretty common knowledge that New Orleans is thought to be one of the most haunted cities in the United States. And that's certainly a topic that I want to dive into on the podcast. I think it's a really interesting place to start with our exploration, the restaurant Muriel's Jackson Square. It's a fantastic place to visit if you're planning a vacation to the city. It's one of my favorite restaurants. Not only is the food great, but the atmosphere and the history is something that's also kind of indulgent in its own way, especially if this story is something that interests you. Links to sources and other tidbits are on our website, bigeasybiography.com. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. Please enjoy this week's story on the supernatural goings-on at Muriel's Jackson Square. Hi, everyone. You are listening to Big Easy Biography, a weekly podcast where we uncover a little bit of New Orleans history one story at a time. Join me as we travel to all corners of the city and across 300 years of time, hunting down some of the most interesting details and exciting events. I'm your host, Maggie McGovern, and thanks for listening. It's March of 2001. You are one of the many patrons dining at the historic Creole restaurant Muriel's Jackson Square in the heart of the French Quarter. The bistro atmosphere is kinetic, with the sounds of clinking dinnerware, lively conversation, and jazz music that drifts through rooms and ears. Somewhere between cocktails and appetizers out in the courtyard bar, glass shatters. Not everyone hears it. Some turn to look in the direction of the noise and quickly return to their discussions about work and kids and the preparation of the oysters, but 
You linger, looking to the brick wall, then the glass, then the bar 12 feet across. There was no one walking by at that moment, no waiters, no one behind the bar, but there's glass on the floor. An employee strides over to the scene and distractedly sweeps the floor, thinking about the next task he has rather than how the glass found itself just there. You turn back to your company, the animated scene flooding back into your senses, but your mind is occupied with the physics and mystery of what just happened. I took some poetic license with that episode, but March 2001 was the opening of the restaurant that now occupies its historic building and the first of three recent accounts where patrons and employees witnessed glass flying 12 feet from behind the restaurant bar and shattering on the parallel wall. The history of this establishment spans the entire history of the city it was founded in. In 1718, the year of the founding of New Orleans, we begin with a young French-Canadian man named Claude Treponnier. He was rewarded with a plot of land for having been a member of the expedition that, led by Bienville, carved a clearing on the riverbank. They named this clearing Ville de la Nouvelle Orléans, and with his plot on it, Claude built himself a brick house with a chimney, front gallery, and bark-shingled roof. His home would become a key plot of land in 1721 when the official plans of the city were laid out. The center of the city grid was the Place de Arms, present-day Jackson Square, and the focus was the cathedral. Claude's property tied into the design. Sometime between the 1740s and 1762, Jean-Baptiste Destrahan, which I know I'm butchering because here we say Destrahan, but anyway, he was the royal treasurer of French Louisiana colonies, and he acquired the property. He constructed a beautiful mansion in place of the cottage and moved his family in along with all of the imported luxuries that 18th century Paris had to offer. This included rugs, silks, china, crystal, silver, and fine linens and drapery. The home had a ballroom, a music room, five bedrooms, and a coach house, among several others. Destran, or Destrahan, he dies in this part, so we won't have to do the name again, died in 1765, and he passed the property down to his son. When the family fortune eventually ran out completely, the mansion was auctioned off. It was purchased by Pierre-Philippe de Marny in 1766 to use as one of his city homes, his permanent residence being a plantation on the outskirts of town. About two decades later, in 1788, the famous Good Friday Fire ravaged much of the French Quarter and partially damaged Marigny's residence among 856 structures of the 1100 in the quarter. He sold it to Pierre-Antoine Lepardie Jordan that year. Jordan rebuilt the mansion for his family in the exact way he envisioned. His passion for the home and the work that went into building it is important to the story. He had a gambling problem that led him to wagering his home in 1814 in a game of poker. If you're predicting that he lost this game and his home, you would be correct. The loss sent him spiraling into a depression that led him to desperate measures. Before being forced to vacate his beloved home, Jordan committed suicide on the second floor. We will continue on with the ancestry of this building in a moment, but this is truly where the haunting becomes relevant. 
Muriel's primary ghost, believed to be Jordan, as they explain on their website, does not have ill intent. Rather, as patrons of the restaurant like to believe, he simply resides in the home he cared so much for and built with his own hands. This may account for why, even though thousands of people have passed through those walls since 1814, his ghost remains a guest. Later, we will talk more about the second floor, but for now, let us continue on with the timeline. From 1823 to 1861, the president of the Louisiana State Senate and director of the Louisiana Bank, Julian Poitras, took ownership of the property. He did not live in it very long, however, taking ill within the first year and dying soon after. His family continued to use it as their city home. They maintained this property during and after the Civil War, finally selling it in 1881 to Theodore Laveau. Wealth shifted during this period from old French families to the American sector uptown and in the Garden District. Homes in the French Quarter fell out of fashion because of it. Laveau sold the property in 1891 to Peter Lapari, a man who made his fortune in the orange market. This was when the building made its shift from a residential space, for the living that is, to a largely commercial space. The turn of the century brought Hill's Restaurant and Alec Lanois Saloon, known for its Royal Club, a drinking club for locals of notability. The building, at this point in the structural state that it still holds today, was purchased in 1916 by Frank Taormina, who turned it into a grocery store on the first floor and pasta factory upstairs, eventually converting it to a restaurant called the Spaghetti Factory, later into the century, which it remained as until 1974. The Chart House restaurant took its place in 1974 and held that spot until 2000. The first floor, during the 70s, functioned as Heritage Hall, home of the Heritage Hall Jazz Band. On March 10, 2001, Muriel's As We Know It Today opened its doors. The renovations done to the building created the beauty and vibrancy it had as a quintessential Jackson Square establishment in the mid-19th century. Done under the National Historic Tax Credit, administered by the National Park Service, Muriel's design reflects the standards for a premier private residence from centuries past, looking like the elegant home of Jordan that he was proud to call his home and, perhaps, still does. Now that I've gotten you up to speed, we can talk a little bit more about the supernatural history of this building. Many people believe that the reason supernatural events, like the sighting of spirits, is often linked to older buildings is because of their history. And perhaps that is why New Orleans as a city holds so many haunts. It is a very old city with a rich history inspired by many types of people, just as this old building in Jackson Square attests. The intensity of emotions that passed through this one space perhaps built up like plaque, leaving behind something intangible that can't be removed with the wallpaper or the furniture. It's buried deep in the charred walls and beams from the 1788 fire that, for the record, renovators found during the construction of murials. It's embedded in the foundation of the structure and in the essence of the businesses and patrons that pass through it. New Orleans is a city that celebrates death as a part of life. Murials, in their own history article, explains that the city 
quote, has embraced a reputation of refuge for the lost souls wandering the streets of the French Quarter. And their restaurant is no exception. The second floor holds the seance room, and it is the dedicated quarters of their permanent resident. There have been sightings of Sir Jordan as a glimmer of light. There have been paranormal investigations upon patrons claiming to have seen strange shadows with no explanation, or hearing knocks on the seance room's brick walls, which I will pause for a sidebar because I looked into this and apparently there's a category of ghost known as a recording type ghost that is embedded in the structure of a place more often than not one which is brick or stone, like a castle for example, that replays much like an image in a video through the medium of the walls or other structures. Whether you believe in this kind of thing or not, there is a whole field of study around the paranormal that is really interesting to read about. But within the walls of murials, there have also been audio recordings of a woman's voice with no woman present. Spirits make themselves known and, on some occasions, seances have been held in an attempt to make contact with Jordan. Though no one can be certain whether or not the guests many claim to reside at Muriel's Jackson Square are truly those souls who once lived in and for the home it occupies, the restaurant staff continues to leave a place setting of bread and wine for him. From what I understand, people who find themselves in the state that Jordan is in don't particularly need a midnight snack, but it's more a matter of respect than anything else. The spirit of New Orleans is active within the walls of Muriel's Jackson Square. I recommend stopping in whether you're a local or just visiting and asking for a brief tour to experience its history along with the food. And keep in mind that when you sit down for your meal, you never know who might be dining with you. You can keep up with the show on Instagram and Twitter at Big Easy Bio and follow Big Easy Biography on Pinterest as well to get travel ideas, recipes, and other fun extras. If you like what you hear, follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes to never miss an episode. Hi, this is Madeline McGovern, and if you like Big Easy Biography, you should check out the new podcast that my sister Maggie and I are creating called Sister Stuff. It's a weekly podcast where we sit down and talk about whatever the heck we want to talk about. Topics will come up like, what do you respond to flirty DMs, planning the best Disney World trip, and embarrassing life not so hacks that we do way more often than we'd actually like to admit. So you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called Sister Stuff. It's stuff, but um, with sisters. <laughs>